Welcome to Cardinal Conversations, a career podcast for the Catholic University of America. My name is Brett LaPrade. I'm one of the co-hosts, and I am the Director of Career Development and Professional Networking in the Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Cheatham, the Associate Director of Employer Relations in the Center for Academic and Career Success. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? It's good. It's good. good. We're moving along. I'm really excited for our interview today because it's not often we get to talk to somebody who's in a you know, pretty high level position in an industry that a lot of people follow working in sports. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Ryan, how do you feel about the sports? Oh, the sports. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, that that's exciting. It's really cool. I, I have my master's in entertainment business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I myself am no connoisseur when it comes to yeah. the sports. That's a fancy word I, for sports fans. Oh, <laughs> Right, right. I but hey, I did tune into the Commanders and the Cowboys game this weekend. Um, so I, I know we're moving in the vein of, of basketball today. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've known our guest since he was a student, and so to watch his career progression has been one of the joys I've had working at Catholic University. Mm. And I'm really excited that he's agreed to talk with us and share a little bit about his story. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's do it. Welcome to the conversation with a Cardinal. I am really excited to have with us today, Andrew Wade, a graduate of the class of 2019, who now works for the Washington Mystics. So I'm excited to hear about his perspective on working in sports and how some things can transfer across what he's experienced in his professional career and even some insights from somebody who's a young alumnus. Ryan, I can't wait to dive in. I think that sounds great. And Andrew, we're just so excited to be able to pick your brain today and to to learn from you. Uh, I'm sure the students and our alumni community are also going to enjoy this conversation and and have some takeaways for themselves. So thanks for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both for having me. Sure, sure. So Andrew, my first question for you, what brought you to Catholic U? Can you tell us a little bit about your story and, and what you've been doing since you graduated? Yeah, sure. So there are a number of reasons uh, why I went to Catholic University. But first, I knew I wanted to play college basketball at some level, mm. whether it was, you know, you know walking on at Division One or receiving an athletic or academic scholarship from a D2 or D3. Playing basketball is definitely my top priority. Mm. Next, you know, I wanted to go to a school in a big city with plenty of job opportunities. So I knew after graduating college, I wanted to work in sports in some capacity. Okay. So many of the colleges I was pursuing were in major sports markets like New York, Philly, or DC. Mm. On top of all that, Catholic really offered kind of the most of what I was looking for. You know, the campus felt more like a college campus, even though it was in a big city, Mm -hmm. considering its location, uh, you know, just the green space and how big really the campus is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Factoring all that in, especially with the Metro right on campus, Mm -hmm. it just felt like the right fit. So since graduation, I've been with Monumental Sports working on the team side of basketball operations and really a number of roles. Mm -hmm. I started as a video intern with the Washington Mystics which is essentially cutting all of our practice and game film and distributing it to our coaching staff. I'd say that's a pretty standard entry point for most coaches in the industry Hmm. because, you know, we spend hours kind of dissecting and analyzing film just along with being assigned various projects from the coaching staff. So that's kind of how I started. And I'm now entering my fifth season with the team in more of a coaching player development kind of role. I work with players pregame and pre-practice prepare scouting reports on our opponents, just, you know, help the team make in-game adjustments uh, with the coaching staff. 
Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the questions that I have for you, how did your major and your passion for the sport, as well as your experience as a video coordinator intern, how did all of these three pieces kind of come together for you? How do you see those, those three different experiences between your degree, the internship, your passion kind of set up the stage for you skill wise to get to where you are now? Sure. So I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I wasn't sure in what capacity. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of my internships were really sports marketing or sports partnership centered. Mm -hmm. So my business degree really allowed that for that to be possible, whether it was finance classes, marketing Mm -hmm. classes, just management strategy classes. I kind of had that as my background, of course, being at my major. Mm -hmm. So I tailored that really pushed that when I was applying to these internships like I said, whether it was sports marketing or partnerships or what have you. So I kind of tailored that all together. And then, you know, I also minored in sports management when I was at Catholic. So a lot of those classes were sports law, sports finance, which even just kind of propelled my passion even further. So Mm -hmm. factoring all that in and, you know, my experience with the internships was phenomenal because I really learned, you know, what I liked about the industry and what I didn't like. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, I found I wanted to work closer to the actual sport. You know, I wanted to work on the team side or on the league side with the sport. Mm. Um, So all those experiences, you know, really shaped me and helped me kind of get where I am today. And so what about the future for you, Andrew? What what does that look like? I want to just continue to grow and be challenged. Mm. I'm lucky enough that, you know, in the WNBA, we have a smaller staff. So I'm given a lot of responsibility, which I really enjoy. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I want to continue coaching. I'd say the long-term goal is to be a head coach at a professional level. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I just want to continue to grow and um, take on more responsibility as a coach, mm-hmm. ultimately work with more players and have more scouting assignments, things of that nature. But yeah, I, I just want to really continue to go down this coaching route and, and kind of see where it takes me. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the best in that. And you're, you certainly seem to be on the trajectory there. And I, I know your time as a basketball player here at Catholic University probably had something to do with your development. I know that there's been more of an emphasis in, I don't know, the last five or 10 years to engage with the teams around DC, and of course, with Monumental that manages the Mystics and the Go Go and the Wizards and the Capitals. And of course, we have DC United and yeah. the Nationals. There's a lot of different opportunities in sports around D.C., so you made a good choice coming to Catholic in that sense. <laughs> but I'm wondering, because I know that there's students who are going to listen to this, and there's also alumni that I've spoken with who are thinking about taking skills they've developed in other industries and pivoting to working in sports. You mentioned getting that internship. How did you break in to that internship? And then from there, how did you break into more full-time roles? What does that look like? Sure, yeah. So. I mean, really, my passion for sport started pretty early. I had a friend whose father worked in the NFL as an executive. Okay. So he'd often, you know, bring us to the facility for practices and games. And really, I think that's kind of where it started was being around, you know, these pro athletes and these professional coaches Mm. um, and just kind of seeing, you know, the everyday work that they were doing. And so that's kind of where the passion started. And really, throughout my years at Catholic, like, like you guys have mentioned, I completed various internships in the sports industry. So... I was lucky enough, I used various websites, Teamwork Online, which I'm sure a lot of people know about, um, to just kind of shooting my shot and just blindly applying. I was really big on networking, so I'd reach out to these people who work for these companies and kind of pick their brain even before they had an opening available. So 
I was super proactive with, you know, applying and networking and kind of just growing my knowledge really before these internships popped up. And so mm-hmm. I was lucky enough my sophomore year going into my junior year, I worked for a sports partnership company called Sponsor United. Okay. And that was really my, my first big kind of entry level position in the sports industry. And so, you know, just it really kind of snowballed from there. And so after Sponsor United, I worked in New York City the following summer for a company called CSM Lead Dog. Again, it was sports marketing. And really just each experience kind of opened new doors and led me to new people and really just progressed my passion for wanting to work in sports. Hmm. Lucky enough, that summer in New York, I was able to connect with an NBA skills trainer. His name's Chris Brickley. Okay. And so lucky enough, Chris allowed me to come watch workouts almost every day after my internship had ended. So Wow. Cool. Talk about timing. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> truly incredible timing. And, you know, he was working with NBA guys like um, Carmelo Anthony and Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young. And so kind of watching those workouts and being in the gym and being in that environment, even furthered my passion for coaching. Mm-hmm. It definitely piqued my interest in skill development. And so that's kind of where, you know, I started to shift and trends more towards coaching at the professional level. Mm-hmm. And so my next question for you, Andrew, do you think there is anything or what are the unique aspects about working in sports that you want to speak towards? What is it that keeps you wanting to progress in this particular industry or sector? What is it about it that just kind of really speaks to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think there's a lot of unique par- parts and you know factors of working in sports. Mm-hmm. I'd say the biggest thing is really getting a behind the scenes look at the preparation that goes into a WNBA or NBA season. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's kind of a misconception that, you know, these athletes are maybe superhuman or, you know, out of touch stars, but in reality, they're just everyday people like you and I, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got obligations and they have doubts and they have failures just like, you know, everyone else. Mm. And, you know, we see these big sporting events like the Super Bowl or the NBA finals and, you know, not many people get to see the low points and kind of the places of doubts in the season. Mm. Um, You know, all that really starts eight, 10, almost a year ahead of, you know, when you see that championship trophy being lifted. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, kind of getting a behind the scenes look at, you know, the many challenging points in the season that really test the team's character. You know, you appreciate, you know, getting to that championship stage more and you, you definitely have a, you know, a greater understanding of, you know, how much preparation goes into every season. Mm-hmm. And as far as progression, you know, I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by some great coaches and some great players. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they are the ones that, you know, really push myself at some times. And I feel lucky enough to, you know, be in this position to begin with. And I just want to continue to grow. I want to continue to be challenged and continue to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think innately that's kind of always who I've been. Mm-hmm. And it definitely helps when you've got, you know, some of the greatest coaches and some of the greatest players around you that, pull that, you know, greatness out of you. Uh, To kind of continue down that train of thought, I'm wondering how have you seen yourself develop since you've been working and what kind of skills specifically, whether, you know, you've you've mentioned doing the video editing and sending off those things and doing scouting reports to working with people now in player development, what kinds of skills, hard, soft skills have you seen yourself grow in since you've been working? Yeah, I'd definitely say really, you know, finding my coaching voice. You know, when you're starting as a video intern, you spend, like I said, hours just kind of cutting up film and you're watching all this kind of game film and practice film. So you start to kind of form your own opinions and form your own, you know, 
thoughts on what should happen or what shouldn't happen as you're watching this film. And I think really the next step is actually voicing that to the coaches and to the players. And I'm really thankful for my start in the video room because I was able to watch so much film and, you know, gain these opinions on my own. And lucky enough, I went to the bubble the following year. And so I was then forced mm. to, you know, be in a coaching role. So ultimately, like, I was put in a position where I had to speak up and I had to coach and I had to, you know, be confident in my opinions that I had watched, you know, through film or through practice. And a lot of that just comes from, again, like the hours watching film. And I'd say that's, that's probably the biggest skill is, you know, finding my coaching voice, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, something I'm continuing to develop and just hoping to grow even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I imagine that might be pretty difficult when, you're, you know, you're a young guy now and you're working with superstars, particularly with the Mystics. They've had some of the better players in the WNBA in recent years. What is that like working with them? It's truly, it's, it's amazing. Um, and to that point too, you know, a lot of the players that I'm coaching are actually older than me, mm -hmm. which, you know, is even a different dynamic. And I'm really lucky to be coaching in the WNBA and, and to be coaching with the Mystics. Like you said, we have some amazing, you know, extremely talented players on our roster that I've been able to learn so much from. Lucky enough, we won the championship in my first season with the team, and I didn't get to see kind of all the years that had led to that championship. Mm -hmm. But knowing the players and knowing the coaches now, you know, I just have a complete appreciation for, you know, who they are as athletes, but who they are as people as well. And I always tell people they're extremely relatable. They're great human beings, and all that just makes it even more enjoyable to come to work and, and work with them every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to say it's not a, a, a job when you wake up in the morning and you go in and you really love what you, what you're doing. You know, it's, it's a part of you. It's a part of life. It's a part of the community that you've created for yourself. And that's, that's really what it, we should long for within a career, right? Is to have this mm -hmm. aspect of ourself that exists socially that pours into each and every part of us. And, and I think that to me, it sounds like you're really finding that uh, within the sports industry and the, the wonderful people that you've surrounded yourself with. And so my next question is, is what are some of the lessons that you have learned from, from the athletes and, and the coaches that you apply to not just your work ethic, but all these different areas of your life? Sure. Yeah, there are you know, really a number of kind of life lessons that can be taken from sports or athletics and applied to life, applied to the workplace. First, I'd say is really just the importance of resilience and grit. Like I mentioned, there, you know, there's so many moments throughout a season that will test you, whether it's bouncing back from a tough loss or kind of getting through a tough stretch where you're playing a bunch of games in a week. We, we have plenty of moments where, you know, us coaches like to call decision days. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of forced with the decision to push through or kind of give in. Mm -hmm. And I think the same could absolutely be applied to life or the workplace. If you know, you're feeling the weight of a bunch of projects on your plate or you have endless meetings in a day, you know, we're put in so many situations where we definitely need to find that inner fortitude and, and kind of tough things out. Yeah. I just think that can be applied in, in so many different aspects, mm -hmm. but, you know, I've also just learned, you know, the importance of being a great teammate and, you know, fulfilling your role. So mm -hmm. through my experience um, over the years with the Mystics and, you know, on the G League side with the Go-Go, I've learned the value of each person being a star in their role. So, I've been around, you know, a number of teams where, you know, a person may try to do things outside their designated role 
and eventually it hurts the collective team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and, and I think people can relate to that no matter what industry they work in or no matter what kind of role they're in within their organization. I think we've all found that rowing in the same direction, to use another sports metaphor, makes achieving goals, personal and team, easier. And so it seems like in, in sports, and you've seen the highs and the lows since you've been working, you get a very tangible, very quick response to how people are working together and if they're working together. And so, Andrew, can you tell us what it's like, what a day in the life of a WNBA coach looks like during the season and now you're in the off season? Yeah, so during the season, we really start our days around 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll sit down, we'll come in, we'll have a coaches meeting. Usually we're discussing how we want to attack practice that day, whether we have a game the following day or you know, we had a game the previous day. We're going to talk about that, things we can improve on any areas where we need to touch up on or any areas that we can clean up. And so we kind of build a practice plan for that day. We'll finish our meeting around 10, 1030. And that's usually when we step on the court, we're warming up players. Uh, players are kind of trickling out of the training room, out of the weight room, getting up shots and things of that nature. We'll officially start practice at 11 a.m. each day. Practice can include, like I said, team concepts, individual skill concepts, anything that we need to teach or really break down as a group. We actually don't practice that long. I know college teams will practice for two, three hours, and we usually cap it at an hour, an hour and a half at wow. most. Okay. So we're usually off the court at you know noon, 12.30. And for the rest of the day, um, we're really sitting down with players. We're breaking down film with them individually. We can get up extra shots with the players after practice if needed. And then we're really just sitting in our offices, again, kind of preparing for the next opponent building scouting reports, build, building video edits to share to the team, and really just kind of dissecting any stats or anything of that nature to help us prepare for the next opponent. Andrew, that's a lot of stuff that's going on, quite the schedule with the travel and the workouts and staying on top of game planning and all of that. Does it lighten up any in the offseason, or is it just different kinds of work? What does the offseason day-to-day look like? Yeah, so the offseason is, is definitely a much slower pace. I'm starting to settle into right now, actually, Okay. but I'm enjoying it. So really a day-to-day look is, you know, we'll have workouts with a few of our players each morning. So these players are either here in DC for the entire off season or they're preparing to play overseas. Mm. So one of the players I just finished up with this morning is Tiana Hawkins and she's headed to play in Australia okay. in two weeks. So really just kind of getting them ready for their overseas season or trying to tune up or, or just touch up on some things that we want to continue to work on throughout the winter heading into next spring. Also, you know, I'm working on a number of off-season kind of roster construction projects, whether it's free agency targets, trade targets, draft prospects, since we have a lottery pick this season, there's a lot of work that kind of goes into the roster construction that I'll also have a, a big hand in this, this winter. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of things. Mm-hmm. So we talked about grit and resilience and I'm, listening to to your schedule and to you talk 2020 was an interesting year <laughs> yeah um, that's one way to put it right oh uh, just globally 2020 took a lot of grit and resilience by people all over the globe and you were a part of the WNBA bubble in 2020 um so can you tell us a little bit more of what that experience was like and and did you learn anything in that experience that you can apply elsewhere? The WNBA bubble was, again, an extremely unique opportunity. You know, coming off my first season with the team, 
the previous summer, I was just an intern. So this was an opportunity for me to really take on much more kind of responsibility and ownership in my work. Mm -hmm. There were only six to eight staff members allowed per team just because of the size of the quote, you know, bubble that we were in. Wow. So I wore a, a number of different hats that season. Uh, definitely had an increased role kind of in the operations side, whether it was, you know, transporting players to and from the arena, stuff with uniforms, um, anything related to food, things like that. Mm -hmm. But also just an increased role in player development and scouting. So this was the first time I was really directly working with a player pregame for warmups. Um, I was assigned players pre-practice, post-practice, things of that nature. So kind of building out workout plans and actually working with them one-on-one. -on -one. This was also the first time I'd ever scouted an opponent and kind of put together a game plan and presented it to the team. So this was my first time actually getting up in front of the team and leading a segment in practice okay. or leading a film session. So this was a really kind of big step for me, again, and, and to that point of finding my voice. This was truly the experience that helped me find it because hmm. I was you know, I was really forced to find it. So it was a, a, just an overall a really great experience. And, you know, I actually enjoyed my time in the bubble. It was really just basketball 24-7, and we were housed really well. Mm -hmm. Food was provided for us. So as far as the logistics of it, you know, I, I truly didn't mind the bubble. But as far as, you know, lessons that I took from it, I'd say the biggest thing was just kind of staying ready for whatever's next, mm -hmm. whether it was a player who needed extra work in the gym or our head coach who needed an additional film edit. You know, things pop up very last minute in mm -hmm. this industry or kind of without notice. Mm. And so something that I just really took with me and that I still apply to this day is, is just staying ready as possible for whatever's kind of thrown my way. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you taking some time away to spend time with us. So hopefully you're, <laughs> you're not less prepared now. <laughs> So Andrew, now we're going to do a little mini segment that we call the wheel of not so random topics. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. We let the fates decide what we should talk about next and we'll tie it into a career conversation. So mm -hmm. there's five options on this wheel. There's first job, CEO for a day, Catholic you memory, relax, or I'm jealous. So we're going to spin the wheel. We'll see what the wheel has in store for us, and we'll get your take on it. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Andrew, you landed on CEO for a day. Oh, nice. So let's, uh, let's imagine that you can run any organization in the world, which organization would it be and what would be the first thing you would change when you became the CEO or the leader of it? Wow, that is quite the task. <laughs> I, well, since we're on the sports topic, I will say I would love to run the WNBA for a day okay. and be right. commissioner for a day. Wow. One of the first things in order would be working on getting the players more pay and increasing our or enhancing our travel situation, improving our travel situation. Mm -hmm. So I would love to work on growing our partnerships and maybe directing more of our partnership money towards player salaries or working on getting us chartered flights so we can travel a little easier city to city in season. 
Nice. Yeah, those are noble things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize that the WNBA teams were still flying commercial. Yeah, we and you know, obviously with COVID and shoot, man, we had so many players around the league this year miss games because of positive cases and especially when you're playing so many games, 3, 4 games in a week, it's just it is extremely exhausting, especially when you see, you know, the male counterparts yeah. flying private city to city, and that's definitely a point of emphasis uh, for this league. Wow. You know, it's always so interesting to me because, you know, everyone in their their respective industries, they have pros, the cons, the things that need to be adjusted, improved upon. And it's always interesting just to learn about what is happening in, in another industry. And then when minds come together to, to make changes and provide support, I just I find it fascinating. So that's that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. For sharing that with us. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Something more to read Wade. up on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's Commissioner. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the sound of that. Hey, there you go. There Got you a go. Ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I know the minor league baseball players just formally agreed yes. to become part of the MLB union. So hopefully that'll do some of the changes you talked about for WNBA for them. But. Yep. Yeah, yep, man, exactly. you need to go to law school. All right, Andrew, this is our blast from the past segment. This is where we take a dive into the university archives to see what kinds of things were going on around campus or... In your case, what you were doing while you were a student here at Catholic University not too long ago. So you appear a few times, more than a few times, in the Catholic University digital archives because you were on the basketball team here. You were part of the men's basketball team. And so there's lots of game stories that were written in the tower, your stat lines and things that you did in particular games. But I was looking around and I found a tower issue from November 11th of 2016. And the headline for this issue is Men's Basketball Visits Notre Dame in Season Opener. And so that definitely caught my eye for folks that might not be familiar. Catholic University is a Division Three basketball program. Lots of good folks have come through here, like Andrew, and are doing great things in the sport. Notre Dame is a Division One program. They can give athletic scholarships. They have lots and lots of money. They're one of the best programs in the country. So for Catholic University to go play them is a huge deal. Yeah. And I'm sure it was super exciting for you to go do that. Before we hear some of your reflections about it, I just want to give folks a sense for what this article is like, and you can find it in the show description on your podcast platform. So the article says, for its season opening exhibition game, the men's basketball team at Catholic University traveled to South Bend, Indiana, to take on the Fighting Irish at Notre Dame on Monday, November the 7th. The contest featured a successful Division Three team in Catholic and a Fighting Irish team that has reached the past two Elite Eight of the Division One NCAA tournament. Notre Dame got the best of Catholic, but the experience is surely the one that Cardinals will cherish and remember for years to come. So there's more to this. I'm going to skip down a little bit, and we get to where you appear. Sophomore forward Andrew Wade followed up with seven points off the bench. Notre Dame played their starters for a great majority of the contest until there was only four minutes and 30 seconds left to play in the game. 
The reported attendance was just under 5,500. Pretty big crowd, especially yeah. for an exhibition game for, for Notre Dame and a big crowd for Catholic. But So you're mentioned there, seven points off the bench. That's nice. But you also have a nice picture on the on the issue of the tower here where you're driving into the paint, going into the lane. Uh, lane. Yeah, I don't shot. know if you remember this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So I don't know if you have any memories of that particular play or not. I'm sure it's more of a blur, but... What was that like to go to Notre Dame? To How did you prepare for it? What were your expectations? Can you just tell us what that was like for you and for the team? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really exciting experience. You know, we found out, I want to say maybe August of that year, that we were going to be scrimmaging at Notre Dame and playing an exhibition game up there. So, you know, to kick off our season in that way, we were, we were all amped up. Yeah. Shoot, we were coming off of, you know, the landmark conference championship. So, you know, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves and we were kind of excited to just test ourselves obviously against a, a much you know better opponent in Notre Dame and so we were really excited about the challenge and we headed on up there we actually drove up to Notre Dame from DC wow we made a stop in Pittsburgh and we practiced at Duquesne University and mm -hmm. the following day we went up to Notre Dame and it was just an incredible experience you know staying right on campus um, day before the game we got a tour of the entire campus we went inside the football stadium. We got a tour of the locker room, all that kind of stuff. And you really appreciated kind of the history of the program and, and really of the university itself, mm -hmm. kind of going through this tour and seeing all the buildings on campus. So mm -hmm. that in itself was definitely an unforgettable experience. And then the game was, was amazing. You know, all of our families made the trip to come up there and see us play. That's cool. Nice. Like you mentioned, there was a really good sized crowd for an exhibition, especially against a division three opponent. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was their first game of the season, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, they were excited to play and the fans were excited to see them. And there was a good student presence there. So it was just a really, really unique, unique experience. And, you know, we don't have to mention the final score of the game, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was still it was just a really cool experience for us all to, you know, like I said, kind of test ourselves and measure up against, you know, what was one of the better programs, one of the best programs really in the country. And just so grateful for their entire program their coach mike bray actually has dc ties himself i believe he he went to and played at george washington oh, cool. wow cool which is kind of how the connection started so yeah playing at notre dame and you know a few of us did did hold our own was was definitely kind of one of the one of the best memories of playing basketball at catholic Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that end, can you tell us a little bit about how being an athlete here at Catholic and that experience, how do you think it, it set the foundation for your mindset and kind of how you move and maneuver now that you're, you know, with the mystics? Yeah. You know, that experience tremendously shaped me, kind of who I am today and my approach, especially, you know, really just on a discipline level. I really, I really appreciated kind of the structure that college basketball gave mm -hmm. you know we would have morning workouts or things of that nature morning lifts and then in the afternoon we'd have a practice and so I kind of fell in love with having a routine and having a set schedule every day which mm. is something I still take to this day here here at the professional level in coaching yeah. but also just kind of the continual growth and continual development that I'm experiencing now as a coach is something that I was really chasing after as a player Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed my off seasons, you know, each summer kind of picking two or three things to work on and then just getting in the gym with the coach every day. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, some of my best moments, or some of my favorite memories, you know, at the DuFour Center at Catholic was, you know, being in the gym by myself throughout, you know, every summer day, 
Mm. And just kind of chasing after, you know, just continual growth and continual development is, again, something that I'm still taking with me each day as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I hear the repetition there and just practicing and practicing and practicing and Discipline. all the, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that you're, the players that you work with now appreciate that, that you've gone through that work yourself. You're not just <laughs> telling them, but you have some experience working on your own play and trying to become right. a better player and thinking about things in a more yeah, strategic exactly. way. Just the themes, I think, of discipline and resilience and showing up on decision day. We all have decision days in our lives, you know, yeah. and there's just been some, I think, really good pieces of advice that we can take, Andrew, mm -hmm. from your story, your journey as an athlete, as a person, as a professional. Mm -hmm. And we just we want to thank you for, for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much. I you know, really enjoyed being on this and I think what you're doing is great. So happy to help in any way. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks. Andrew. Yeah. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Cardinal Conversations. Yeah. Always a pleasure to do this with you, Ryan. And we are grateful to our guests as well as to the Center for Academic and Career Success and the Office of Alumni Engagement for allowing us to partner together to hear and learn from our alumni career stories. Yeah, you can find links to resources for the blast from the past and other interesting things in the show description in your podcast app. If you'd like to support the students, research, and mission of the Catholic University of America, you can also click on the giving link in the show description as well. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Until next time.